I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast. Where we talk about family style homeschooling. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Karen. And I'm Michelle. And today we want to talk to you about how long your homeschool day should be. This is a huge concern of homeschoolers. They don't feel like they know how long to make it last or how long is appropriate. And I get it. When I was first starting out, I felt this way too. I was second guessing myself about all kinds of things. Am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? It was, it's a big deal. But after a while, you, you sort of get into your own groove. Didn't you wish when you were a newer homeschooler that you could just go and watch other homeschools happen? Especially if they didn't know you were there somehow. Because, yeah. Because you want to see them when they're being real, right? And Yeah, uh, you could watch the YouTube videos that people showed, but you were very aware that that wasn't actually how their homeschool went on a daily basis because they were all too perfect a little right? bit. They're they're on stage. Yeah, but, but I always wanted to see that. So I understand this this question. Um, we're going to talk about a few components of this. First of all, I think there isn't an exact right number of hours. It's not like you can say, well, a six-year-old needs to spend 58 minutes doing this and 32 minutes doing that. It doesn't work that way. It, it depends on your personality, your family, your dynamics. So there's not an exact right answer. It's more about each subject that you do and keeping the number of subjects under control. I used to feel like everything that we incorporated, we had to keep adding to. You know, we did this last year, so let's see what we want to learn this year. And we'd add and add and add and add. But instead, it's better if you can limit the number of subjects that you're doing so it's not so overwhelming. And that will keep your day more balanced and to the right length. Also, you read a lot of blog posts or articles about homeschooling and they tell you all the subjects that your kids should be learning and you feel like, oh, well, I must do all of this. It's not true. You don't have to do it all. Reading, writing, math. That's what needs to be done daily. Everything else is an elective and you can, you should be doing some of them, but you can adjust it as needed for your family and your needs. Especially you can rotate through. So yes. you don't have to do all of them all of the time. Your family learns Latin. My family learns ASL, American right. Sign Language. We used to do Latin when my kids were littler, but they didn't get into it like your kids did. And we actually haven't returned to it. Um, we might at some point. But if we do, we'll probably drop off the ASL lessons when we pick up the Latin. You can't do everything and you shouldn't try to do everything. So I personally think that if you keep the number of subjects you're doing under control, the time falls into place. Because, for example, if you're working with a five-year-old or a six-year-old, your math lesson is probably shorter than it would be for a high schooler, you know, the amount of time they spend on it. Yeah. And so naturally, the younger child will be doing less hours or less minutes of school each day. And when I'm mixing my little learners with, like, my high school learners, the little ones when they finish the math lesson, they are allowed to go off and play a little bit. They have a little break and then they come back together with us when we're doing another family school subject. So even if our school day is going on longer, they're not actually continuously doing it. They get little breaks throughout the day. Right. So here's, here's kind of my rule of thumb. I do reading, writing, and math. And when I say writing, I mean language arts. It includes 
handwriting, spelling, vocabulary, reading. I kind of, well, not reading because reading is a separate one. <laughs> but but I'm including all the writing skills. Okay, so so reading, writing, math. I do that with all of my children, no matter how old they are. And then with young ones up to about nine years old, I have one elective per day. So on Monday, I do history. On Tuesday, I do science. You know, that's how I arrange that. And then when they're between nine and 13, roughly that age, I do, they can do two electives at that point. And then when you're talking about high schoolers, you can add three or four electives per day. So Michelle, what do you have your other kids do? Like if your 13-year-old is doing two electives, that might be like science and a foreign language, for example. Right. Then do you just have your littler kids go off and play who aren't yeah, doing this Yeah, they year? just wouldn't be doing the foreign language, you know. So yeah, they'd just be off and playing. So yeah, that's kind of how we set it up too. And as they get into high school and they're incorporating more, they tend to become more independent people and they're learning a little bit more independently. So that helps um, them be able to do it and not have to involve everyone in the whole day. We also incorporate a lot of homemaking skills and I consider that kind of our homeschool, but actually it's more our home, you know? Yeah. Well, and same, family. With, same with other hands-on kind of classes like, like woodworking or auto repair. I mean, in schools, they actually have classes for that stuff. But in our home, we just consider that that's life. You just learn it as you're doing life. Yeah. So my husband has taught all of our kids how to change the brakes. It's just a life skill that he wanted them to have. And no, not every single homeschool family does that. But it's something that we do. And we don't really call it a school subject necessarily or part of our school day. But really, it is. It's learning just like anything else. So... It depends on how you define your school day. I always tell people that our homeschool never ends, that my schedule just goes on and on. But that's because I have kids who cook dinner with me and I'm teaching them how to take care of the house. And my husband's teaching them to change breaks. All of those things just kind of roll into our overall lifestyle. So the number of hours that you spend is really irrelevant. What matters is the quality of the education. Yeah, so... I can get a math lesson done in 20 or 30 minutes with my 13-year-old that would take a teacher an hour in class because she's working with 30 students, right? But because I'm tutoring him one-on-one, -on -one, it's a lot more effective and I can do it faster. So the minutes, the minutes are irrelevant. You don't have to match your minutes to whatever is happening in the public schools. It doesn't really mean that much. What matters is actual accomplishment, the instructional time, you know, where, how far are you getting? Well, can you imagine if there was a school teacher who, if you took 29 of their kids out of the classroom and they just taught one, they would be like, oh, we can get through so much yeah. so fast. It wouldn't take them that long either. It's, no. it's, it's the logistics that are different. And so you can't compare what the minutes you're spending in your homeschool to the minutes that are happening in a public school or a private school. It's really, when it comes to any of my kids... We get all of our required school things done easily within two hours. We spend all day doing school, but that's because we're doing fun projects and we're reading stories together and we're jumping on the trampoline while we learn our math facts. And, you know, we're doing all of those things for fun because we enjoy doing it. But if we had a busy day, we can easily get everything done in much less time than that. And we just kind of skip the fun part. Yeah. And and go on with. What? And we do do that sometimes. Oh, yeah. If we have doctor's appointments or an orthodontist appointment or something, and I know our afternoon's taken, we just start our day with the essential things and then we end it. 
you don't have to do all of the extra fun stuff. So we kind of have two separate things. It's here's what we have to get done. And then here's the fun that we're having learning. And the fun is super flexible. And layers of learning all falls under the fun. Yeah. And I, I think generally speaking, if you're talking actual instructional time, sitting at a table or a desk doing work, you're talking two to four hours, depending on the ages of your kids. That's probably a good estimate somewhere in there. But then you can also add on more fun stuff if your day goes longer. You know, like you can have more Well, and even that, and even that two to four hours will probably have some breaks. You're yeah. not actually going to have a kid sit down for four hours straight and do nothing but schoolwork. Yeah. That's true. So also my kids don't necessarily sit at the table. They lounge all over the place. But Oh yeah. We <laughs> we move. We we're pretty flexible with that. But in fact when I make them sit I'm like, you guys, no, you have to come sit at the table. They're like, What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I need you to write and I need to pay attention to all of you. Because I'm teaching you, know? you how to sit up at a table and pay attention. <laughs> That's, That's right. your skill of the day. <laughs> skill of the day. <laughs> I don't think that more work is necessarily better for kids. And we're talking just work in general. Like people keep talking about wanting to extend the school day, but number of minutes does not make for a better education. It might be one contributing factor that may be needed in a particular place or for even for your particular family, maybe you really do need to spend a little bit more time. But time alone is not what makes a good education. No, and really too much sitting there doing schoolwork, you know, that desk time probably means that you're not getting enough physical activity time. You're not getting enough time outside. You're not having enough time to relax. It's really going to increase the level of stress in your kids and in your family. And with that, you're probably going to increase the chances that your kids are going to feel depression and anxiety and some of those challenges that we want to try to help our kids avoid and, and cope with. A big part of coping is just creating an environment where you are relaxed learners that are balanced in what you're doing in your day. And I think balance, that word, that that's the key. We're not saying you shouldn't do any school at all. We're not saying that the schoolwork is bad. We're saying keep it in balance, keep it under control. You should, Your kids should not be sitting at a desk doing schoolwork all day long. That's too much. It's way too much. You need to have time for playing outside. You need to have time for chores. You need to have time for family activities and all the other things that you do. And you're going to burn out. Your kids will burn out and you will burn out. Everyone in the family will just get overwhelmed and you kind of lose the whole charm of homeschool. Every benefit that homeschooling has flies out the door when you put all of that pressure on and the heavy, intense schedule and the high expectations. The joy of homeschooling is that you get to tutor your kids one-on-one. -on -one. You get to progress right at their level and help them with exactly what they need. You know, one of the things that we've loved is that we don't have to test very much because I watch my kids individually do every single math assignment. I'm aware of what they know and what they don't know. I am there for every single history discussion. I know exactly what they understand and what they remember. We don't have to do a whole ton of tests because we're all in it together. In fact, the only reason I give my kids tests is so that they can learn to take tests. Yeah. That's the only purpose. Occasionally I do it for memory practice, but, but mostly it's just so they can learn to take tests. It's kind of crazy when you think about it like that. Yeah. But you know, we, we consider in the modern world 
child labor is bad. Like if you say child labor, people imagine sweatshops or mines where little kids are laboring. And we decided a long time ago that physical labor like that for children is bad, too much of it or too dangerous. But school is child labor. It's mental labor. It's sitting at a desk, but it is child labor. And it's not bad for kids to work, but it's bad to overdo it. So we need to keep that under control too. Mental fatigue is really real. And especially when kids are little, don't you think that maybe because of Pinterest and because of all the fun ideas out there, Michelle, we pack things on preschoolers in unreal ways. Yeah, I think sometimes that happens. And sometimes we just get overblown because we're like so excited about all the fun, colorful things. This is such a neat activity. Let's do this and this and this and this. Yeah. And actually, repetition is really, really important in an education If a kid is learning a color sorting activity, if they do that color sorting activity a few times over the month, that's better than if they do it once and then have to learn a new thing every day and every day and every day and you're packing things on. Instead, let them relax a little. Let them enjoy the activities that they're doing. Let them repeat them several times over a long time. Not like every day you have to do this and this and this and this, but instead let it just relax a little bit and let them absorb the learning without packing it in. I think especially with really little kids, we tend to get so excited as new homeschool parents that we think we have to do everything. Well, and we also think that if we're not actively teaching them, then somehow the child doesn't learn. But children learn through play. They learn through chores. They learn through normal everyday interactions. They learn as a matter of course. That's what their brains are wired for. Actually, all of our brains are, even adult brains. We learn constantly. It's what we do. And we're interested in learning. That's why we keep scrolling through the feed. <laughs> it's true. And and so you don't have to structure every minute of your child's learning. They're going to learn all day long, no matter well, what they're doing. You hear the natural curiosity in little kids. They can't stop asking questions about things. They're noticing so many things about their world. And as long as we're continually feeding that curiosity, they're going to keep it. It tends to die when we're always saying, that doesn't matter. Do this instead. Or they ask a question and we say, you know what? Get back to your assignment. (laughs) That kind of kills the learning mode. And they're going to learn a lot just really naturally, even if they're not sitting still at a desk for hours at a time. But again, it's balance. We're not saying don't ever do the activity with your preschooler, but just remember that your entire day doesn't have to be sitting there directing your child's play. That's not the best use of your time or their time. Well, I think that the conflict comes when we start to believe that if we do a little something and it's good, then if we do a lot of something, it's better. Right. And if you can keep that balance where, you know, we're going to keep it right in the middle where they still have a lot of play time. They have a lot of learning time. They have sometime for science, sometime for carpentry, you know, whatever it is that they're interested in. But if you can keep a balance between what you're doing, it's always going to serve your family better than if you're just packing on the expectations and all of the desk work all at once. I like to jump back and forth. So we'll have something active and then something more still. Yeah, I try to structure my days that way, especially when my kids were younger. Now they're all older and we have an easier time sitting still for longer periods of time. But when they were little, I made sure that we had active things mixed in with the more sedentary things. 
So what do you do with your teens? You said that they're better at sitting still. What did their days look like for you, Michelle? Well, I'm a minimalist. So our days really are done by lunchtime usually. We don't ever go more than four hours and usually it's closer to three. But my teens are so busy anyway. They're spending so much of their time at work. You know, they have jobs. They have tons of activities and clubs they're involved in at different times and different places and different seasons of their lives that that is a, also a source of learning. I consider them having a job as being in a huge important part of their learning while they're in my homeschool. It's not homeschooling. It's not part of their school day, but it is part of their learning day. Yeah, and actually, a lot of those things end up going on transcripts or portfolios or, you know. They do. Yeah. They really do help them learn. And they help them in their future careers and in their future adult life immensely, even though it's not school. Yeah. I also think that playtime and just relaxation time is something that we overlook way too much. I have been reading a lot of articles lately, just things that have come across that I've, I've seen, lots of studies that are being done, especially within the last five years or so, about people are really looking into playtime for children. It used to be just as a matter of course, of course children need to play. But in the last, I don't know, a couple decades we have started to think more and more that school days need to be longer, 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 more and more structured time so that a lot of kids in our modern day have almost no playtime. They are either at school or they're in an after school program or they're at sports or they're at some club of some kind and they have hardly any time where they're just on their own playing in an unstructured way. And I think that's a huge mistake. And those studies have are saying again and again, we need to relook at play. Play is important. Well, even simple things like playing on playground equipment and, you know, just having free time to run and play tag and ride bikes and go out and shoot baskets on the basketball hoop, all of those things, that's not just PE. That is actually helping their physical and mental development. So it kind of makes me sad when kids don't get enough of that time because we think that them sitting at a desk longer is going to serve them better than shooting a basketball, but it's actually just different kinds of wiring that's happening in their brain and helping them to develop. Both are so important. So we can't just trade one out for the other. Right. So when kids are going outside in the backyard and they're building a fort together, they're learning things like cooperation. They're learning to plan and think logically. They're learning to you know, make, make agreements with other people and they're brainstorming, they're brainstorming. Yeah. They're also learning actual practical things like how to hammer in a nail or how to plan a structure so it won't fall down. You know, they, they learn a lot of things both through their failures and through their successes and through working with one another that they don't learn doing a math lesson. Well, and it's incredible how a lot of kids really need movement to help them learn. And sometimes it's movement while they're working on memorizing something. But it's also helpful for those kids, even if, let's say they go out and play for a little while and then they come in and do the math lesson. The movement that they did during play actually helps them to do the math lesson. They can watch it in brain scans where kids who are asked to sit still for too long, their brains literally kind of shut down. 
So if you can incorporate a lot of movement and play, it doesn't have to be super structured and super planned. Just let them go run outside. The the less planned it is, often the better it is for kids. They really need unstructured play where they're the ones coming up with the game. They're the ones coming up with the make-believe. They're the ones building the thing. I think that's one of the sad things, Michelle, when we give kids too many screens. We're a pretty screen-based family as far as all of my kids have laptops and You know, we have video games in our home. We're not like, you can't ever watch TV. But at the same time, my kids are very limited in how much time they can spend on screens because I want them using their imaginations. And if we just have a TV in front of us all the time, we kind of stop thinking. We turn off the thinking and we just watch. Right. There's, there's a different thing happening in the brain and, and the body too. Yeah. So going outside and playing it, it develops things like balance and hand-eye coordination. Those are actually really, really important. And kids are not born with them. They have to develop them. You have to learn how to do it. You have to ha- learn fine motor skills. And you have to learn how to do those gross motor movements. That is not something that just happens automatically. It happens through practice. And we kind of don't think about it, but it actually is developed during play. It also just helps them to have really good habits, I think. Don't you think, Michelle, you've watched in your kids, like, the ones who love to go out and play end up being healthier in better shape, both physically and mentally. Yeah, I think so too. They're just happier. I agree. Their stress levels tend to be lower. I love even that my kids go out in the wintertime. Sometimes we think, oh, we can't go out because it's raining. Go out in the rain. Yeah. Enjoy the rainy day. Run through the rain. Just get the right clothes and you're good. (laughs) Yeah. And once they get out there, they tend to enjoy it. We often close the door and think, oh, we can't do that because it's bad weather. I love it when my kids go out in bad weather because they invent new things to play. They think of new ways to play that they didn't when it was sunny. Right. I think it's important that we always have those moments where we're spending time outside, where we're exercising, where we're just being imaginative and playing. You know what else playing has helped with my children? It has built their confidence because... They do it by themselves. Whatever it is they're doing, they're doing it without an adult telling them how to do it or where to do it or when to do it or whether they got it right or not. They're doing it on their own. I love it how my kids all talk to each other in little whispers sometimes because they have some like inside joke about something that happened while they were not under my direct eye. You know, they have all these little things that they were doing and later they'll tell me like, mom, do you know that we played board games under our blankets last night after you put us to bed? And I'm like, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) They still go to bed pretty early and I'm not that worried about it. And sometimes I even heard them playing the board games and I let it happen. But Michelle and I thought they were so sneaky. (laughs) Yeah. Michelle and I used to do that. Do you remember when we did things like that? We shared a room when we were growing up because we're sisters and We'd do all kinds of funny things. We used to run into our brother's room and put on little plays. We were really... Okay, that was mostly because we didn't want to go to bed, I think. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, it was fun. And we thought we were so sneaky. But mom usually caught us. (laughs) (laughs) But, But those are the things that childhood is made of. It should be fun and relaxed and not just you know, 24 seven. Yeah. We, we have a shop. We live out on in the country and we have a shop and it has power tools in it and it has wood and it has nails and all the things that you could imagine to build whatever you want. Pretty much. I mean, it's not unlimited, but (laughs) there's a lot of stuff out there. And my son, a couple weeks ago, he was out in the woods and he built a fort 
up in the trees and he's out there nailing it. And he decided he would start with a very small fort so it would get finished. It was important to him that it get it finished. And so he built this little tiny fort. It has, there are three trees and the boards are nailed to the trees and then he has boards laying across the top. So it made this little, it's really just a tiny platform, but he has plans to expand it. So <laughs> it's going to grow. But huh? he was so proud. He, he did the whole thing. I didn't know about it till it was done. And then he came in, mom, come see my fort. And so of course I went out and we had a tour. Well, it was a couple of years ago, I think a few summers ago, I was out at your place and your son, Tim had built an amazing garden. Do you remember the oh, fence that he built? Yes. That was so cool. He and did that without either permission or direction or he just did it, you know, and, and I, I like to let my kids do that kind of stuff. So it was a, a wattle fence and he had seen them because of our history lessons, actually. And he went out in the woods and he found the sticks and he dug the holes and put the sticks, the upright ones in. And then he wove the branches in between and he filled it in with soil and he built this whole garden. And when I went there and he gave me the tour, he was elated because oh, yeah. his herbs were growing and his vegetables were growing and he had done that all himself. And it's amazing what happens when you give your kids time to play. And permission to use the tools. I think the other reason that you need to limit your school days is because you need time. Michelle, you're a person who definitely needs time to yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm an ultra introvert. So I need quiet time. And I love doing school with my kids. I love those hours we spend together. But when we're done, I'm like, okay, go away. <laughs> it's my time now. And I go work on my layers of learning stuff. And they're trained to not interrupt me too much unless, you know, somebody's someone's dying then they can interrupt me otherwise <laughs> it's like no you guys go off and play because I need time well and homeschool mom is one hat that I wear but it's not the only hat I need to plan the menus and I need to clean the house and I have friends you know I right I like to go hang out with my friends and do things I like to go on dates with my husband I have a lot of things that I need to do plus I work I have to put on a lot of hats. And so you need to have that time for yourself, for your own mental health and your own development. And that the exact number of hours, like we've said, that's not that important. It depends on your family needs. Just make sure that you're balancing these things. School should be balanced with play, should be balanced with chores, should be balanced with everyone's needs in the family. It should all be kept under control. So what does your family do, Michelle, for like family time outside of school. Do you have anything structured for that or is it all just flexible? Well, we try to spend one evening a week where we have planned family time. Now, sometimes, you know, stuff gets in the way. We have other appointments that come up. But for the most part, we try to spend one night a week and we just do things like playing board games or going on a bike ride or, you know, it's not like it costs us a lot of money or preparation time like movie night yes we do stuff like <laughs> it that. can even be at your house but yeah and then we have one son who's grown up and he's married and he will bring his family and we all play games together or we all watch movies together right now we're in the middle of a star wars movie marathon so we're watching all the star wars movies in order our marathons are really stretched out <laughs> <laughs> not back to back no they're <laughs> i use the word marathon loosely but but we do watch them all in order it may take us a couple of months to get through them all because we've got He's got small children, and so the endurance level isn't there. We can't spend it all day for real. But yeah, yeah. but that's that's fun though. We have a show that we watch together as a family. Right now, we're doing The Mandalorian. 
Oh, that's because a good idea. we really like that show. Um, but yeah, we always just have like one show that we watch as a family. And so that's kind of a fun thing that we do. We do family night too. It gives you something to talk about. You need to have shared experiences so you can have those conversations and things. And that's how you build family relationships. Yeah. And then we like to have outings. They're not planned super regularly, but we have a bike trail near us that runs along the river and goes over the course of several cities. So we just ride segments of it at a time. So we like to go biking or you know, go canoeing or whatever, but we plan family activities together. And we also have some times where I need independent time that my kids need to go off and play and I need time to myself. So you just have to kind of balance all of that. It's all equally important. There's not something that should take a back seat to something else. You have to find the right balance for what you need in your personality and your family. For me, I find that if the number of school subjects get out gets out of control or if the number of outside activities gets out of control i am miserable it is really hard i'm stressed i'm struggling i'm like i can't do this anymore and i want to quit everything don't you reach the point where you go if i have this much i will fail at everything yes you do like if, if your church obligations are too heavy if the kids are in too many sports if you have heavy needs with family members or just any one of those things gets out of balance and it can break the whole system. Well, and I think that's why those stress events that we talk about, you know, like a long-term illness or a death in the family or, you know, something that's any kind of stress event that can really throw you out of whack for a while. And some of them are unavoidable, right? Everyone has them. Yeah. We don't choose it. It just happens to us. And It's not going to be like instantly you can say, we're going to get this back in balance tomorrow. Sometimes you're going to be out of balance a little bit, but you always have to search for that balance and that harmony so that you can get back on track for everyone's health and happiness. Okay. So back to the original question, how long should your homeschool day be? There's not a certain exact amount of minutes or hours that we can tell you, except it should be under control so you have time for everything else keep the subjects under control and everything else should fall into place you know michelle it really helps me to just think my homeschool day isn't my school day my homeschool is just my family this is how we live so whether we're changing the brakes or playing outside in the woods or going for a bike ride or doing the math lesson or talking politics over dinner all of it is homeschooling so You get credit for all of that. You don't have to feel like you have to sit at a desk for you to have checked off the boxes in your homeschool day. All of your life gets to be that, no matter how it's divided up. Just create balance in those subjects and keep it under control so that everyone is happily learning and happily living together. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family-style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning! learning.